Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Well, we have a very exciting guest in the studio with us today, Matt Meisner, the man behind JCM Development. Welcome to the studio, Matt. Thank you. Well, hopefully uh, the flight from Montana wasn't uh, too bad. TSA didn't give you too much trouble. TSA was fine this time, but it was small chairs. <laughs> <laughs> per the usual. Well, you know, I kind of just want to jump right into it. How, how did you kind of get started in Kalispell, Montana? Uh, we lived in the Bay Area, California, and we owned a couple of businesses out there. And when 2008 hit and the aftermath of that, we just wanted to make a change. And by chance, truly, just God leading us to Kalispell, Montana. We've never visited, and we just packed up car and trailer and headed up there. Interesting. And when you say businesses, was it in the real estate side of things? In California? Correct. Yeah, we were. We actually built staircases and interior trim. We were more, more of a subcontractor to the big track home builders. So when they stopped, we stopped. Got it. So have you spent most of your career in real estate in some fashion? Correct. Yeah, right out of right out of high school. And where was high school? Where was uh, where'd you grow up? Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, bringing it back home here, huh? I had to see it. It's been <laughs> that long since we've been here, class of '93. There you go. <laughs> well, I'm guessing Las Vegas has changed dramatically since you last remember it back in '93. Man, I don't even remember the airport. It's not called McCarran anymore. No, it's not. I know it is McCarran. I still call it McCarran as well, but Harry Reid International is is right behind you. Yeah. Yeah. This place has definitely grown, but another place that's really grown is Kalispell, one of the fastest growing counties and and fastest growing states in the entire union. What is the kind of major drivers behind that? Why are so many people flocking to Kalispell and Montana in general? I think it's more of the freedom it's a very free state. It's very beautiful. It is one of the most beautiful states. Um, where we're at, particularly, you're up in the mountains. You're in the northwestern side of the state, so you get the more mild winters compared to the rest of the state of Montana. Um, it has the largest body of water this side of the Mississippi. has a lot of playgrounds, multiple ski resorts. So people see that, and I think it's the new... I think people see it as the new South Lake Tahoe, Park City, Aspen. It's it's growing. We have a lot of money coming up there. And then the show Yellowstone, you know, didn't hurt us at all. Sure. People come up there more and more to visit, and then they just fall in love with it. How far away is Kalispell from Yellowstone? I think eight hours, nine hours. Okay. So yeah, we're on the opposite end of the state. Got it. Uh, one of the things you just said was about the, the mild winters uh, in Kalispell. How do the winters change building up there? Can you still do everything year round or do you need to shut down for a certain period of time? We do not stop. So we have unfortunately poured concrete, you know, and dug. We have ground heaters that'll get us in the ground, but we frame, we do everything in the winters. 
there are some cold snaps. If it gets below 10 degrees, I will tell my guys to take the week off. There's no reason we're not making any progress at that point. But at, I mean, if it's 10 or above, to be honest, people are still working. We're building. 10 and above. Wow. It's a different concept than living here in Las Vegas. Yeah. The interest <laughs> rates on your loan don't stop. <laughs> That's they, right. They don't get cold. <laughs> Those are always running hot. That's yeah. why our investors keep coming back. Yeah. Uh, and that's the beauty of the investments, right? Is is from the investor side of things, interest doesn't sleep. It doesn't care how cold it is. It doesn't care the delays, the cost overruns, any of that. The interest ticks every day, night and day. And because of that, it puts the onus on you and every one of our borrowers to really expedite the process. Make sure your costs are dialed in. And most importantly, your time frame is. There's been a few loans that we've done together where that time frame has has been exceptional. You know, it, we've only done what is it, six loans thus far, or somewhere right around there. But every one of them has been on budget and on time, and that is something I can't say about every one of our borrowers, especially in this whole COVID post COVID era that we just came out of. During all that craziness, you still were able to perform. What would you attribute that success to? I mean, we do know that time is money. And if we can think ahead as far enough ahead as possible, um, that helps. But to be quite honest, that's where Ignite comes in. That's why Ignite is so much fun to work with because you guys are not like a traditional bank. So if we went through a traditional bank, they slow things down with paperwork, draws. It takes 45 days for my subs to get paid. So they go to the other jobs. But I've had subs leave other jobs to come to mine because I had the money sitting in the bank and they know they get paid within seven days of finishing the job with an inspection by my crew. So in doing so with Ignite helping, we were able to just speed the process up. We just built nine fourplexes in exactly one year from breaking ground to occupancy. For us, that's fast. And now we're doing 18 fourplexes in 16 months and we're just flying and that's because we're just fluid money to be honest well that definitely helps right that's as you said a major reason why people come to us um, i always say it's speed ease and convenience in which we can offer uh, those are three points that we really honed in on over the past decade that i've been here that uh, i don't think there's many companies out there that are better than ours and that definitely not any banks that will be able to, to uh, perform as quickly as e easily or as conveniently as we can. That's for sure. Uh, but we do that with all of our borrowers, right? You're not a special case in, in that regard. Every one of our borrowers has the same speed, ease and convenience. But unlike all of the other borrowers, you were able to perform um, according to, to the timeline and budget. So there's definitely much that needs to be said about you and your company of how you've you've really managed all that. When you say your crews were on top of it, how many people are you guys now employing? I have 16 people that work for me in different aspects. We're all, I would say team is the most important thing. If you can find the right people and you're going to, you would go through a few people to find the one, but we have a great team. So we're all on the same mindset. We all have the same vision and we just all work together in a great, great way. We communicate very well. Communication, efficiency, staying out far ahead, uh, as far ahead as possible. 
those types of things can easily make your business move a lot quicker. Absolutely. And when you say crew with these 16 different individuals, what are each of their skill set? Is a lot of that work that uh, is being done by you as a developer and a builder being performed in-house or are you subbing out most of the physical work or how's that breakdown concerning uh, the 16 employees you have compared to the outsourcing? So actually part of those that crew are subs as well. And there's advantages to that on being in Montana that you might not understand in other states, but we just, we deal with a lot of subs. They're responsible for their individual jobs. They perform, they get paid. You know, we don't have to try to keep hours and keep track and things like that. And that also gives them accountability, which they want to perform even more. So you give them accountability and incentives. And so we've set up systems where people want to perform and there's incentives when they do, and it works for everybody. So if they, if there's a monetary reward, well, my reward at the end would be you got done and within a timely manner. So it's just every, every one of my subs are different and they all do their job very well. And we just hold them to that. Got it. What percent of the project do you guys self-perform and then compared to the percentage that you use uh, outsourcing third-party subcontractors for? I would say at this point we're, we're shrinking with what we self-perform because we're starting to really move faster and faster. We're actually starting to double up on subs now. Um, so we're having two different subs in one area, but we're about 20%. 20% on the self-performance side. Mm -hmm. We it. were, I would say we were at 50% on the last and now we're just bringing in more and more people and moving the project faster. Absolutely. It also presents its own set of challenges when you're dealing with third parties in that regard that, uh, the granted, they don't report to you every day, but there is a baseline expectation that you and your staff have as far as craftsmanship, quality of work is concerned, and being able to really carry that through the entire project. So obviously the transition changes from your employees doing it to a third party, but the oversight still is done by you and your crew. Are you the final say on, on all, of, all of the inspections, or do you have somebody else handle the inspections of the third party work? I was the final say on that. And then uh, we just pulled one of our guys into that position. And so he will be the inspector on everybody, on all the subs uh, in order for them to get paid so we can move the project even faster because I operate two, three, six months in front of reality. And for me to come back into today's world, you know, to do an inspection or to deal with something has slowed me down. So again, like I said, we're, we're moving back to that 20%, but we're moving into different roles. And I think it's better for all of my guys and our crews and our, our team, because now they're starting to go into the roles that they like and they feel comfortable with. Yeah. And one of the roles that you kind of made a niche for yourself in is fourplexes, something that uh, is a fairly niche product in that area of the country, as well as something that, uh, you probably don't have as much competition as you would building maybe a single family spec home. What led you to fourplexes? I'm, I'm a regurgitator. 
not smart enough to create my own wheels. So what I did was I went out there and I did research on what other people are doing. And you and I actually started, when I say you and I, Ignite and I started with a couple of spec homes and we've been building for a long time. And nobody in that area is really building fourplexes at the rate we are. They're building apartments. But the reason why I went with fourplexes was, and they're fourplex complexes. So we have multiple fourplexes on one lot, but I can go back and subdivide that lot up and then sell off individuals if I wanted to, to just regular people with a simple FHA loan. So that's how I designed it. If I ever had to do something like that, that's a, a secondary exit strategy. If I just had the apartment complex, there's only 10, 15% of buyers out there that can buy that mm -hmm. if they're even interested. So what I tried to, I tried to go for multiple exit strategies if I needed to, because you never can tell the future. Absolutely. So it was a safe bet for me. And in my area, there's nobody really doing what I'm doing in the fourplex. So I, I also like that. Gotcha. And your area right now is kind of Flathead Valley. Uh, do you expect to uh, stay there or is there kind of expansion, you know, ideas that you guys are uh, manifesting thus far? Flathead Valley is growing fast and we would like to continue doing what we are doing there. But there's other cities in Montana that would like to see us perform out there. But I'm not sure I would do that right now because I'm having so much fun in my backyard. <laughs> Yeah, I go elsewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, I can hit the the restaurants I like on the way home. I don't have to find new ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's a beautiful part of the country. If, if our, any of our listeners have never been out to that area, obviously I had the privilege to go out there and, and meet you for the first time two years ago when we originated our first loan together and uh, been back every every year since just to kind of catch up and see how things are, are progressing along. But uh, it is definitely a hidden gem, although it's not too hidden anymore. No, they've, it's been discovered. <laughs> it's, it's growing so fast. Absolutely. And because of that growth, there are multi uh, levels of income that come to town, right? Uh, during the COVID time, you had a lot of uh, secondary home buyers or, or empty nesters moving in that are moving for work from home reasons or uh, reasons because they want to get out of the big city due to COVID. But have they stuck around? H has that demographic changed at all? over the past maybe year or so? Moving forward, I think in this new America where there's a lot of jobs that can be performed from home, that's what we're getting. A lot of people that don't want to live in the cities they're living, but, but can keep the same job that they had. And we see a lot of that. Um, there's a lot of secondary homes or vacation homes but for the most part, you're getting a lot of people who are moving families out of areas up to a, what you still can call a small town environment. There is a, it's a, there's a lot of space out there. And it's, when I say it's beautiful, it is gorgeous. So we are seeing a lot of people stay in the area because I think they can work remotely. And there's industries that are moving out there to Montana because I think they also found Montana. So there's more and more need for employees and there's more industries coming out, which is going to just keep bringing people to the rental market. Absolutely. And there's more and more 
people come in, the demand for your product increases, how much of a runway do you see? Obviously, the crystal ball is, is a little blurry for all of us. But um, as of right now, with the amount of people moving in, both from the employment side or employer side of things, as well as the employee side of things, how much longer do you think Kalispell and Flathead Valley uh, have as far as that huge in-migration coming in? That's a scary question to answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you go back to 2008, nobody knew about Kalispell. And, you know, you had the, the that great recession or what was it called? GFC. Right. So Kalispell wasn't hit until 2010 with that. Now it's been discovered and I think it's where people are fleeing. So I don't think it's necessarily going to slow down. We haven't seen a drop in prices. We've seen a level off. We haven't seen a drop in applications. We've seen an increase. Normally you can tell the growth of a, a city or a, an area by the vacancies. I can almost say there's no vacancies in any apartment complex. People are staying in fifth wheels and mobile homes and trailer parks year round parking out in the forest because that's where they work. There's no place to live. So I would say it, what we do has a great future. Also, there's no services out there. So there's only one area where there's the food, you know, there's small mom and pop grocery stores, but there's still a lot of catching up to the people that have moved in in other areas and they're starting to pop up. So that's just going to bring in more and more people because those are always behind. Absolutely. So obviously it's a, a market that you believe in, a location you believe in, and a product type you believe in. And your organization is a company that we've believed in over the past two years and continue to do so as you guys continue to perform. What has been uh, the biggest benefit of working with Ignite Funding over the past two years? So when we found Ignite, uh, it was a mutual friend that brought us together. And I didn't quite understand what Ignite can do. And we did those one, uh, two spec homes at the same time. And when I've learned the knowledge of how to use Ignite correctly and responsibly, but efficient, it opened up the world. <laughs> I mean, dealing with banks before that, you wanted to just pull your hair out. And Ignite is so easy to work with as far as just give Pat an email or a call and Within a few days, we've got our next tranche and we're moving ahead. I'm buying materials two months in advance. For example, when we did our jump acres and I bought all the material before we even broke ground because that was the cheapest. And right after we bought that material is when prices went through the roof. And we were able to save hundreds of thousands of dollars just by buying the material early. No bank is going to let you do that. Right. Before we even broke ground. Right. So just the ease, the, the, I can sleep at night. You know, I don't have to worry about the banking system. It, it's, uh, given me more time to work on the job instead of at the bank. Right. You know, and that, that's kind of where, what we'd like to view ourselves as, is a, a partner in these deals. You, you leave the financing side up to us. Uh, you're not an expert in that, that realm and don't need to be. Uh, you're an expert in the realm in which you currently work, which is on the construction side, the development side, the entitlement side of things. That's where you really make your money. And that's really where you can put 
um, your, your, your quality of work to use and really uh, create value that way, as opposed to the brain damage and time that it takes to deal with a third party financing company, whether that's a bank or somebody else, um, you can free up your time to, to doing what makes you money, which is boots on ground, putting sticks up in the air. So kind of wrap things up here a little bit, Matt. Let's uh, kind of take it back. When you first got into real estate, when was that? Obviously, you're a, a native of Las Vegas, which I come to find out. Um, when did you actually get involved into real estate? What was that first job? And how many different um, sectors of real estate have you been involved with between then and now? I was born and raised in construction. Uh, I did construction here in Vegas. Believe it or not, it started in roofing in this terrible heat. <laughs> so I've learned a lot about each trade. And I've learned that there's certain trades that I will not do anything, like drywall and electrical. I'm not even going to touch those things. But uh, I've been a subcontractor or a general contractor pretty much my entire life in some capacity. And then when I, in Montana, we started building homes for other contractors. And then I got into just building them for myself. And I would say the one thing about me is I can't do the same thing very long without progressing further up the ladder. I'll get very bored and uh, I'll get myself into trouble. Let's say, you know, I don't know what that trouble is, but maybe too much golfing. <laughs> but um, I just have to always push myself. I think I told you once, I like to have my head just below water. And then once I get my head above water, just pour some more water in. I want to keep learning. So we've progressed from building homes for other people, then building homes for ourselves, then went into multifamily homes. And now we're building a bigger complexes. And moving forward, um, what we're trying to do is build complexes with services. We're going to bring, since where we are building, there are no services like grocery stores, um, f fitness centers, dentists, uh, just name it. These The people live in these areas and there's thousands of homes. They have to travel quite a ways to get these. So that's where we want to get into developing not just multifamily, but a multifamily unit around the services for that customer base I just built in. So that's where we're moving forward. We are not slowing down. We're actually looking at 10 X and every year if we can. Got it. So using all that expertise and knowledge that you gained over the years, first starting here in Las Vegas, then out in the Bay area and ultimately into Kalispell, uh, utilizing all of that into future expansion around multifamily project projects to bring in the retail components associated with it. Correct. Awesome. Well, we're excited for it. We're, we're here for you. Uh, anytime you need some financing, hopefully we're your first call and um, usually the last call as well, because we usually can get it done. Uh, you know exactly what we're looking for, what we'd like to do. And every time you, you send in your application, and you, you have a new idea for me. Uh, you, you already know uh, what we're going to say because we think a lot alike. So I appreciate that and, and look forward to many more successful deals in the future. Appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert, where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? 
Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 